I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Supercoach Edge, where we bring you all the insight, analysis, and the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Liam. Mate, how are you going? How are you are? How have you survived the uh, the next bit of carnage? Yeah, I've I've gone through pretty well. No no injuries this week, which is which is nice. Always nice to escape them. It has. I feel like I've been a bit lucky though. I feel like I've I was going to trade Green in a couple of weeks ago. Avoided that. Was going to do the same with Shy Bolton the week he got injured. So. Yeah, I've been a bit lucky recently. Dodging bullets. You're like Neo in the Matrix. Yeah, just, I feel like that a little bit. Just dodging the left, didn't, right Didn't center. dodge them at the start. Got got hit quite a few times. Maybe the bullets are just going straight through the holes that were already there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did cop a, a bullet, both of us, yeah. of a different kind. Uh, not so much in terms of injury, but we'll be getting into it a little bit later. Yeah, Let's we'll just say that, that uh, it relates to our good friend, Emper, and his curse that, uh, that struck both of us down. But we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, before we delve into the next bit of the show, uh, let's just remind our listeners, new and old, where they can find us on socials. Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find Damon at, at DamoJ88. Myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. On Facebook and Insta, you can search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Gee whiz. You just powered through that. I'm trying to put you off. Ever since you've, you've changed your, your handle... You're just powering straight through it. You're doing it effortlessly. As I say, I practice every night just in case. And, uh, of course, the loser of the week in our head-to-head gets to kick off the next segment. And given recent form, it's probably no surprise as to who it is this week, in brackets again, as we introduce (laughs) the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, no surprises. Every week we run through a quick recap 
<laughs> of how our respective teams have performed and the players that stood out for both good and bad reasons. That is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Should I just delve any further? I think it's it's quite obvious that you've you've beaten me. Do we need to go into specifics? You can if you want. Oh, we should. We should. Uh, okay, so yeah, in terms of my score, uh, obviously not as good as yourself, Liam, but I finished with 2,193, which ultimately wasn't enough to beat the superstar that is Maddie Rowell of Supercoach, <laughs> which is yourself. You know, I, I did tell the listeners, the good community of Supercoach Edge, <laughs> from the very start that you were the Maddie Rowell and you are living up to expectations. Yeah, so. I don't think I am, but slowly climbing the ranks, I guess. No, you're, you're back into Brownlow contention at the moment. But yeah, as for myself, I'm slowly climbing the ranks and busted through the 10K mark to now sit ranked 9,559th. Do you know what that means? You what get mean? to you get to get to hear the song. Oh yes! <laughs> Hit it! Oh, yes, what a celebration. That's actually lifted my spirits. Thanks for that, Liam. I completely forgot about that. So That's what I'm here for. But uh, just to bring myself down a little bit, down a peg, uh, I'll delve into the trades that uh, that I executed in the round that was. And uh, it was a week. I might just uh, press play on another song. Time to say goodbye. Uh, yes, it was, a, it was a sad moment because I did bid farewell to uh, one of my favourites in Cripper which did hurt me as a Carlton fan. But uh, in all honesty, he probably uh, probably lasted a little bit longer than, than what he should yeah. have because he almost got the chop back in round three. So um, <laughs> hats off to uh, to you, Cripper. You're a, you're a trooper, both uh, on field for Carlton, carrying the team with a broken back and carrying my super coach team of years gone, but not so much this year. But um, all the very best, Cripper, in your endeavours. I'm with my trade. So I had considered a heap of options as you would have heard last week, including Steele, Mitchell, and Josh Kelly, uh, but ultimately landed on none of those and went for merit. And, uh, of course, Emper had to bring him in on the exact same week that I brought him in. So no surprise, he only eked out a 64, which I think was his lowest of the year, of course. considerably lowest as well. Uh, And as I said last week as well, the week I trade out Crips, no doubt he's going to smash it. Didn't quite, like, smash it, smash it, but he did pretty well because he outscored Merritt by 30 points. <sighs> Why does it always happen? Yeah, well, we, we, did, we did say that it was going to happen. Mm. So for those people who kept him off the back of that, well done, well done. And now is probably the week to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> get rid of him now. But uh, my other cash-generating trade was Warner down to Poulter, who uh, scored quite well and uh, is bringing in, he's raking in that bulk cash for us now, which is, uh, which is quite pleasing. And onto the specific scores for the round. So in terms of the good column, we've got so I've got a few here. So I've got Oliver, Dusty, Laird, uh, Daniel, who of course is still repaying the faith for keeping, which is good. McRae, Walsh, Ridley, and Short, all with hundreds. And it was good to see Ridley sort of you know bounce back as well with a score of 105. So he hasn't quite wrestled back the kick-ins yeah. from Redmond, uh, which is annoying. But um, yeah, good to see that he's he's uh, gone above the hundred mark, which is good. And uh, RCD2 scored a very impressive 88. And your favourite, Liam, I won't let you forget this, but Jordan, who was at one stage on the chopping block, wasn't he for you? Yeah, he was on the chopping block, but... He smashed out a 96. Now, let me just have a quick look before we delve into your team and how awesome it is and how much you beat me to a a pulp. 
Let me just have a look at Jordan because I'd like to go back and work out the week that you wanted to get rid of him. I benched him in round three. That's right. Played him in round four. I benched him in round three and Powell outscored him. Round four, I then put him back on the field and copped his 24. And you put Powell on the bench. And put Powell on the bench. I think Powell went nuts. And then I was like, nah, stuff this. I was going to trade Jordan out. And then I didn't, which has worked out quite well. So there we go. You were going to trade him after round four. When at that stage, Jordan was 205.1K. Since then, he has gone up 155K. Imagine how much you'd be kicking yourself. Yeah, you I would have been, but I didn't do it. So it's okay. I'm not kicking myself. <laughs> I do recall, uh, I'll have to find the soundbite, I think, but I do recall talking you around and, and saying, don't worry. And Yeah, you did. Actually, no, I do recall saying that you should play both of them every week. <laughs> that was, that yeah, was my yeah, way yeah, you did. Yeah. Got some but, news on that that front? Yes, yep. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on, okay. In the bad column, uh, Gorn and Grundy, I've both got, I've got both of them in there because of the fact that they just didn't meet the lofty expectations which we pinned on them heading into the weekend, uh, with Grundy only scoring 109 and Gorn 117. Now, we say only, but it's based upon their normal output, and that just wasn't to expectation, so that was disappointing. And CJ, uh, for the first time, he's fallen into the bad category with a score of 61, but um, you know, no doubt he can, he can bounce back, and a lot of people have him, so not too bad in terms of um, you know, hurting us individually. In the ugly column, my new recruit. Who would have thought? Merit, sixty-four. Not good enough. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch the blame to Empa. Empa, not good enough, mate. Trade him out of your team right now, or deactivate your team alternatively, because you're just ruining <laughs> everyone. You're ruining everyone. You do so much for the community, but it, it has to be said. It's harsh. Very <laughs> it harsh. is harsh. Okay. Maybe just stop trading people into your team. Um, and first and foremost. Do not even think about getting Walshy into your team. Oh, no, please don't. Because you know what? I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. <laughs> the other player to, uh, to fall into the ugly column was the man we just spoke about before referenced in Powell with 45. So uh, I know you got rid of him last week, but yep. um, he's on the chopping block for me. So finally, he's going to be uh, he's going to be ousted. After all these weeks. After all these weeks. Anyway, what about yourself, Liam? Go into it. How much did you pummel me? Didn't it wasn't wasn't that big a win, actually. It was only about thirty three points. Yeah, thirty three. Yeah, thirty three points. So I finished uh with the round the round with a score of two thousand two hundred and twenty six. It actually seesawed quite a bit through uh the round. At one stage it was looking like I'd struggled to twenty one hundred, then I was well into the twenty two hundreds, then back to twenty one hundred <laughs> I obviously finished with 22.26, sending me another 1,397 spots up the rankings to 5,624th, slowly and steadily rising, thankfully, after a, a shocking start, I will say. Uh, in terms of my trades, I toyed with quite a few trades, actually. Zorko and Lions were both considered uh, for ins, but ultimately their buy saw me decide against them. Um, I was going to struggle for players in that round and bringing in a Zorko or a Lions, which is going to make it a lot worse. I ended up opting, in the end, for a double downgrade, uh, just with so few rookie options on the horizon in the next week or so. Um, so in the outs, I did trade out Powell and, and Rowe, and the ins were Burns and uh, Poulter, having already gone early on uh, RCD. 
Uh, I've now got a, a considerable war chest of over 500k, and it is most certainly burning a hole in my pocket right now. <laughs> How eager are you to, to use uh, that? I, did you, did you I was use waiting for lockout. Yeah. I was waiting for the lockout to, to end, you know, the to, to, for Supergage to open, and I was like refreshing every like two minutes. Like, I just want to spend this money. I want to see what I can do. I'm going to say it again, but you'd almost feel like... Uh, what my fiance feels like uh, when she when she spots a bargain and like click frenzy at the moment. I, I, I joke, I joke, darling. I joke. If you listen, I don't think she listens to this podcast. She listens so, back to it. I'm on the couch. Moving on to uh, my goods. So just quickly looking at them, uh, I had Clary, who I had the C on, but took off for gone. Oh, idiot! So that's how I feel. That hurts. Yeah, I noticed that you had the C on him. And I was like, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was a mistake or if you were genuinely going to put, like, keep the C on him. But it was, uh, it would have been an inspired choice. I, I should have. Actually, it wasn't looking good early in the first, but uh, I should have done it. But anyway, uh, moving on, other hundreds that I had were Dusty, Laird, Daniel, McRae, Walsh, Ridley, and Short. And I also, luckily, through through just pure chance of trading out uh, Powell, managed to have RCD's 88 on field. Thank you for that pal that's that's what did me under but it was it was purely based off the fact that uh that i could loophole a few players into into rcd which was lucky uh in the bats uh i did have i had a few players um not not too many though just 61 impies 82 jay-z's 89 all hurt a bit and as damon said gordon grundy could definitely have scored better wasn't quite up to their potential and that's saying something when you're scoring 118 and 117 or something like that in the uglies i've got two key uglies number one champion data how do you scale rcd down by about i think it was 11 points post game absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous like it's just it is ridiculous like how how can how can they stuff up? It's almost like they've over-allocated points to him. Yeah. And then realized, oh, wait a second. Let's just let's just get rid of those, what was it, 11 points? Yeah, I think it was about 11. It was 10 or 11, I think, off the top of my head. And yet they yeah. still had money, like they still had, sorry, they still had scaling points to give out. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. No. Anyway, I mean, 88, still a pretty good score. Uh, good cash gen there. The other ugly was my boy, Zachy Merritt, with his score of 64. The curse struck me when our good friend of the show, obviously, Emper, decided to trade him in. Beware, it carries a terrible curse. It hurts. It hurts more so because, like, I mean, we got we got the win, so that, that's fine. But, like, it's like mm. a double, double whammy. I've had him since the start of the year. He's been consistent. I think his lower score was a 90 one of the better midfield options because just due to his consistency, that's what Emper sold you on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then he brings him in. He talked me into him because, I mean, you know, he was still a bargain considering that he started the year at 6.20 and oh, he was yeah. at 590 on the weekend when I brought him in. But here I was thinking that he was going to be the lowest that he's ever going to get. But now he's going to drop approximately another 25K on top of the 22 that he lost on the weekend. <sighs> it hurts. Moving on, moving on. Let's go through our running tally. Oh, uh, so to? now, top of the ladder with six wins, three losses, and a percentage of 100.97 is myself. Just gives you a bit of breathing space, doesn't it? Like three wins, feeling a bit better. I actually thought I was in for a loss as well with uh, the double downgrade. 
mm. especially when I'm culling someone like Powell, who did have a three-round <laughs> average of 88.7 for guys who were averaging uh, less than 60, I think they were. I think you're, I'm going to like W the reverse Emper because like there's so much I got so fortune lucky, yeah. going your way. Like Who would have thought yeah. that, that Powell would have you know, like his worst score for the year yeah. the week that you trade him out? Yeah, I was I was very concerned when yeah. I did it. It's it's almost like a butterfly effect as well. Like not only did you avoid Powell's shit score, but it also yeah. prompted you to field a like you know loophole RCD. Yeah, which you wouldn't have been able to do. No, with Powell, no, I wouldn't have done, and I wouldn't have done if I had Powell. Like <sighs> there was no way I would have risked it. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. But in having said that, though, as I mentioned, you are the Matty Rail of Supercoach, and the Supercoach Edge community. <laughs> familiarizing themselves with that and uh, I've known it all along so the hurt is a little bit less than probably what it should be but I also like to uh, to give you a little bit of a head start <laughs> oh <laughs> thank you thank no you I, I do feel like I needed it this year I don't know I feel like it's less of a Maddie Rowell and more of just a slow burn yeah. like I'm slowly slowly getting there like a, you know how like Ruckman take a long time to like develop yes yep, yeah I yep. feel like I've been a Ruckman this year like I'm finally coming into my prime <laughs> what, what am I then <laughs> I'm the Sean Hampson that never fulfills oh, his potential no 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 not Sean Hampson <laughs> I don't know any other Ruckman that have um, I'm, I'm maybe like a, I haven't quite peaked yet I'm, I'm getting there I'm like the slowest yeah, yeah. of slow burns I'm actually I'm going you're, up the you're ranks. Not that far behind. You're still coming. You're still making your way up. So, in terms of my build, my slow build, over the past four weeks, I've been ranked eighteen thousand into eleven thousand eight seventy five into ten thousand seven twenty five, and now into nine five five nine. So, I'm going up at the over the past three weeks anyway, a thousand at a time. So, over the next nine weeks, I'll uh, I'll be in the top, top one thousand. <laughs> You. Nice. Anyway, let's move on. So uh, it is time now to discuss some of the hottest topics, players, and everything in between in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to tell. Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in love. Surprise, surprise. Guess what we had? Another injury in the forward line. No way. Who would have thought? Not Who would curse. have thought? With Green fracturing his shoulder and now ruled out for up to four weeks. Most amazingly, he played on with the injury, which was a nice parting gift for owners of the Karate Kid. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe he actually played on. Yeah, yeah. I I was shocked. I thought maybe he did something at training or something because it was sort of a couple of of days after the game that we found out about it. But It was pretty much like he should have been given a free kick in that passage. I don't know if you've seen it, but you're like... There's a guy that dives into his back as he slides like over the goal line and he gets up like holding his shoulder and rotating his shoulder. Uh, and here he is, he's fractured his shoulder and he's like, nah, I'm just going to play on. I uh, reckon he's matured. Yeah, I reckon I really he reckon has. the captaincy has really helped him. Yeah, it, it has for sure. He's, he's a good player, a great player. So hopefully we see him back mm. on the puck because we need primos up forward. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway. In more pleasing news though, Thursday teams are back. The celebration. I've been so excited, actually. I'm actually pumped for a Thursday night just for the teams. <laughs> how how good is it now that we don't have to guess whether or not a player that's named in a Sunday team is whether or not he's going to play or not? Like, yeah. it takes the guesswork out of things now. Unless it's Chris Scott. We do not speak his name. Sorry. 
Moving on, Gorn and Grundy uh, were projected for sizable scores leading into the round, but only returned 117 and 109. Has the once trusty VCC combo of Gorndy come to an end and should we be looking elsewhere? Mm. Uh, we'll delve into their prospects later on in the show. Mm, yes, something to look into. And uh, Champion Data, as we spoke of earlier, drew the ire of quite a few Supercoach players this round with crazy scaling and issues <laughs> with live scores. Especially the end of games. Yeah, yeah. the end of games. It was just, it, it, it makes no sense. It's almost, like I said, it's like they clock off at three-quarter time. They're like, let's go, <laughs> boys. Let's 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 go to the, the canteen and get ourselves some red cordial on the rocks. Yeah, straight up <laughs> on the real hard stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if the rocket that I gave them in my version of Caro's Arrow last week didn't give them a you know, kick up the ass. It's actually crazy. Like, we were watching Merit score on the weekend we were we were at lunch together and we weren't sure whether it was Supercoach not uploading their scores or if Merritt just wasn't scoring now evidently <laughs> it was just Merritt not scoring in the third quarter but to make things worse though like he was his scores were going up by one or two and then they were dropping yeah. back by three so it was like one step forward two steps back type like champion yeah. data just dangling like a carrot in front of our faces yeah exactly like, oh here but- you go he's gone up no he's gone back yeah, I really noticed the fact that three-quarter time and after, the, the scores were just super slow. They weren't updating. No, no. But if anyone else out there felt this, the same as us and it, or is, as frustrated as us at the champion, I mean, the champion data crew, <laughs> uh, then let us know on, uh, on Twitter and, and Facebook and, and join in. We should, we should start a petition to expand their team, to incorporate, you know, people like ourselves who are in touch with the, the common man and woman of Supercoach. Yeah. Mm. And maybe we can overhaul their whole bloody scoring system and and bring it back to basics. Anywho. With the injury to Toby Green, as we have mentioned, the prospects of uh, one Dane Zorko are elevated as one of the few remaining forward prima options. It's really getting pretty bare up forward. Uh, Is this the week to jump on him? We'll dive straight into that with our next segment. The price is right. You. The price is wrong, bitch. In The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold, and wait options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and what we'll be doing with our teams this week also. Now, to kick us off, we have our... You want to call him our mascot of Supercoach Edge? Yeah. Yeah, mascot. I like it. Mascot Godfather. Godfather. Yeah, Godfather. <laughs> oh, that's more hey. applicable considering what we've been saying in the past. Hey, hey. Hold out furniture. Hey, hey. Import, export. Hey, hey, no, no, hey. No, no. Hey, oh wait, hey. he's, he's a good man. Lovely furniture. Lovely, great furniture. Some of the best. Great quality. Some of the best if you were born in the 1940s. Oh, um, in the 1860s. It's <laughs> probably more applicable. Anyway, <laughs> on with it. Franco. Grand style, grand style, grand style. Megalo, megalo, megalo. Uh, very nice. Thank you, Franco. Uh, you've, uh, you've got your leave. Thank you very much. Your, uh, your check's on the, um, on the table on the way out. And um, it actually, it's in a bag of some sort. Is it brown paper? Yeah. We shouldn't <laughs> be saying this about a good, good mate, Franco. We don't know. We, we just, we joke, we joke. There's no, yeah, yeah. just, just an urban, urban legend. legend. Urban, urban legend. legend. Just Google his it. son was, that was convicted of yeah, yeah, drug wasn't offenses it? Yeah. wasn't Franco. Wait, were we referencing drugs before? 
What, what, what? Were we? No, we weren't. Anyway, on with the buy. So first up, we've got Dane Zorko <laughs> coming in at 5.11.1K as a midfielder forward option, averaging 100.3 with a break-even of 60. And uh, with a projected price rise of over 20K, he now presents as one of the prime opportunities to jump on the Zorko train before it leaves the station. Bit of a toot-toot, Ricky Nixon style. <laughs> CBAs for Zorko did drop slightly to 47% on the weekend, but he still managed to churn out his highest score of the year with 140 points. Nice. Which wasn't too uh, wasn't too shabby. Uh, looking ahead to the buys, so I think now we should probably factor in also the buys. Yeah. Uh, and he has the dreaded round 13 buy, which um, I think a lot of people, considering the teams that have the buy on round, well, round 13 and round 14, those are the, the dreaded two weeks. I think round yeah. 12, a lot of people can manage to, to field a top 18 team. But uh, yeah, he does fall into one of the two bad weeks. So it's something to factor in. But just on that, before we go any further into the buy column, should we delve into just a little bit more about the buys and how you should sort of factor that in when it comes to trading guys into your team? Yeah, definitely. I think it's something that we really need to consider now. We probably should have been considering it earlier. Um, but I think now is the more important part of it. Uh, you do get your three, obviously, get your three trades each round during the buys. But right now, what you want to be doing is looking at the buys, looking at who you've got missing each week, mainly your primos. Those are your big players that are of the most concern. Um, and then when you're trading a, a new primo in, consider which buy they're in. Same Sort of same thing works with uh, anyone that is also sort of lower priced, um, but to a lesser extent, your bigger focus should be on, on making sure that you're not trading in primos who are going to miss a game and, and you end up with, you know, basically, it's it's almost impossible for you to field a team. So that's one thing that I'm considering with uh, Dane Zorko uh, and a few others that uh, we will mention in the next few minutes. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do a more comprehensive analysis, I guess you could call it, uh, heading into the, the first week of buys in round 12. So yeah. uh, keep a lookout for that. But yeah, just want to touch on that fact that when it comes to trading in guys, now is sort of the time to start factoring in the buys because if you leave it too late, and there have been years early on for myself where I just completely ignored the buys and went into the first buy week with like 14, 15 players. And so I had to virtually just throw that given week um, yeah. So you don't necessarily want that. I mean, if you're playing for league, you, you sort of can do that. If, you, yeah. if you're in a good enough position, you can sort of throw throw one of the buys, especially one of those round 13 or 14 buys where a lot of people are going to be affected. Yeah. But I mean, it's not ideal. No, exactly right. So yeah, we'll be uh, delving into that a little bit, uh, a little bit further in coming weeks. Next bloke we have up. Yeah, we've got uh, Jack Steele uh, from the Saints. Price coming in at a price of 569.2K. Obviously a midfield eligible player with an average of 113.6 and a break-even of 114, so bang on there. So he's got a three-round average of 105.7 and a five-round average of 105.2, so if nothing else, he's uh, pretty consistent there. Mm. Uh, which is something that I guess a lot of people would be looking for, especially at that price point. is is a bit lower priced um, for a midfield option. You could probably wait another round or two uh, with his break even at 114 and his averages of 105 uh, in the past five games. Uh, so he might potentially drop. He might also not drop. I mean, sort of a bit of a, a mid middle point there. He does come up against the Bulldogs though. So you may see him scoring be a bit more impacted just by the, the plethora of doggies mids. It's going to be a bit harder for him to score um, as well, you would expect. 
he also has the other dreaded bye in round 14. I mean, the one pleasing thing is after the Doggies, he has a matchup with, or a date you could call it, because he's going to do quite well, I think, yeah. uh, against North in round 11. But yeah, on the weekend, uh, against the Doggies, he averages 105, and his past three encounters, he scored 137, 79, and 118. So a bit of a mixed bag there. But I think, yeah, the Doggies outfit and their midfield is a bit, uh, I guess it's a different kettle of fish at the Doggies at the moment for the amount of quality yep. they have running through the middle there. So not quite a walkover, um, you know, compared to previous years. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you can definitely um, buy him now if you want to. But again, you could probably potentially uh, wait at least a week and, uh, and, and get him for around about the same price if, like, myself you're looking to target someone else like a Zorko so yeah keep that in mind yeah definitely I mean yeah you probably find him at least at roughly the same price you probably wouldn't see him at a massive increased price so you no. definitely got the chance to wait yeah exactly I mean he's, he's break even he's pretty much bang on with his, his average like you're saying so yeah it's um, <clears throat> yeah it's something to, to look at Next bloke is uh, one of the more riskier options I guess I mean risky in the sense that you know we've how, how can you assess anyone as risky? Because we've seen the likes of Dangerfield, Dunkley, um, you know, yeah. guys like that who have been quite durable um, getting injured. So, I mean, throw caution to the wind. But his name is Aaron Hall, coming in at 454.9K as a forward, averaging a uh, whopping, I say whopping because he's, his recent scores have been massive. Uh, and his average is, uh, I think it does comprise of an injury-affected score. Yeah, so uh, there's there was two sort of lower scores. I think one round he played as the injury sub, so he was subbed on oh, yes. uh, late in the game. And then in round five, he was concussed. So that also accounts for a, for a lower score. So his average actually goes from 84 to 109 <laughs> um, if you take out those two sort of injury-affected slash uh, injury sub games. Um, which actually comes pretty close to his three-round average of 110.3. So scoring actually doesn't look too bad. Yeah, that's um, that's mammoth. Because, I mean, considering he's, he's kind of... Traditionally, he's not he hasn't been playing off the halfback line, so it's almost him and Jay-Z playing yep. in, in new roles. But if you just have a look at the kick-ins on the weekend, surprisingly, yeah. he actually didn't take that many if you just um if you want to have a look at the uh, the full breakdown as well head to our twitter or facebook and you'll uh, you'll catch them but in terms of the percentage breakdown that we've uh, calculated so zebel had 75 percent of kick-ins on the weekend compared to hall's 25 percent. so zebel had six total and hall had only two so i mean jay-z still is taking the uh, the lion's share of kickouts there and for hall to still score as well as he is without having to be reliant upon kick-ins is really yeah. a pleasing sign as well. Um, so, I mean, that's something to factor in. But just as a whole, you know, he doesn't come without his risks. I mean, he's very, very well known to be uh, quite injury-prone. But like I said, from uh, from the very top, I mean, what other options are there? Uh, I mean, every player is getting injured to the left, right and centre now. So traditionally, any other year, I'd probably say avoid him like the plague but I mean there's probably reason to jump on him now what do you reckon it, it definitely doesn't come without a risk, risk risks as you said um, I think that's the key issue uh, for me um, it's one you've got to weigh up I mean there's no one that's really safe in that with that being said in the forward line either I mean look at what look at what we've gone through uh, we'll, we'll touch on that a bit later as well uh, but 
But yeah, so it's it sort of, it, it comes down to your risk <laughs> appetite, I think, with that one and whether you, you really want to want, want to play it that way. I think if you had to choose between him and, say, Zorko, Zorko makes a lot more sense. He's obviously priced about 60k more. So that's something you also got to consider, though. Yeah, and I think with just comparing those two guys, uh, also you've got to look at, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of looking at uh, historical data, obviously, like, you know, to try and factor in as to who's going to give you the most consistent scores based upon the history. And Zorko has that behind him, whereas Hall doesn't so much. Uh, I mean, you can probably isolate. There's a couple of years there for Hall when he was at Gold Coast in 2016-2017 where he scored an average of 95.5 and 92.3. Then he dropped right down when he had an injury-affected year, um, was in and out of the team for Gold Coast in 2018, and he only averaged 79.6. And then he came to North Melbourne, only played the six games. So I don't think he's played a full season since 2013. So he probably falls in the same mold as uh, Josh Kelly, for example. So maybe go into, you know, I guess trading him in with the thought and the mindset that, yeah, you may need to use an extra trade on him down the track. But... I mean, given his current scoring output that you're going to have from him and then also the increase in price that you're going to get from him, you can almost use him as like a, a bit of a, a playing cash cow in a sense, which is funny to say, but if you're looking at it in terms of him potentially getting injured down the track, yeah, you know, it, it could pay off. There's, there's so few options as well, which we always go back to. So, I think, as, as we've said, I, I still think it makes more sense to fill out your defensive lines and your midfield before you focus on the forward line but he's an option that I am considering I will have to say Um, but he's not a certainty to come into my team with that being said yep for sure and there's there's another guy who we'll speak about now who is probably even more injury prone and uh, is cheaper but uh, carries probably more risk yes and that man is Isaac Mike Tyson Heaney yeah he's a bit of a bit very clumsy with his hands isn't he that's actually a good point. Like he's pretty clumsy and breaks his hand while punching someone in the face. Yeah. Is that someone you want in your super coach team? <laughs> like, he's got chalk bones. Good exactly. Old, good old chalky. <laughs> chalky. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. He does come in at a price of 352.1K. Forward eligible, average of 75.1. Break even of 75. Hmm. So bang on his average there. Uh, look, I'm going to be absolutely frank here. Someone I'd avoid if you can. Heaney is made of tissue paper, so you undoubtedly have to trade him out. So you actually mentioned this to me, Damon, that uh, Horst Longmire had said he's a week-to-week prospect, so he's not someone you can hang your hat on? I saw on uh, on Twitter, Honeyball actually tweeted this out. It was a press conference with the horse himself saying that, uh, yeah, Heaney's only been back for a week. And um, already it's like a week-to-week proposition. He doesn't usually train early in the week. Um, and then, yeah, they kind of assess towards the back end of the week, heading into game day, how he's placed and how he's looking. So yes. that definitely yeah. isn't uh, isn't good signs for Heaney and for any um, prospective owners out there. Yeah, it doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence, does it? No, definitely not. He, I mean, I guess probably for most people, the, 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 the selling point is that he's at such a big discount mm. I think he's I mean he's priced at 352k that's that's kind of a mass a very low price for what he is but there's I guess also a reason for that he's had injury affected games um, but also the difference between his best and worst is, is somewhat concerning for me and he's just every chance of not finishing the game as well so like it's yeah. not just a case of he's injury prone 
it's you're gonna get those injury affected scores as well mm. i mean just to put it into context as to how cheap he is it's only going to cost you 30k to upgrade a warner to heaney but yeah. even then i would probably trust warner's consistency over the high fluctuations in heaney scoring yeah which is funny to say, but I mean, you can't trust him just based upon his injury history and the fact that he can still have those peaks and troughs in his game. There's no real consistency there. Yeah. And I think they're, they're trying to manage him from um, from what Horse is saying. Um, so I'd... I'd, yeah, I'd through the season. Yeah. I would, um, I would personally avoid him, but I can see the appeal in taking a punt on him. But uh, I'd probably take a punt first and foremost on Hall over, over Heaney. Yeah, definitely. I personally wouldn't touch him yep. uh these price points just kind of gonna screw you over as well if he does get injured long term 352.1k his break even in his average are exactly the same obviously i think his three-year average would be a bit higher i'm not gonna say if i'm gonna say when he gets injured again and if it is a long-term thing uh because all reports he's managing that ankle and that's the main thing that uh he's stuffing him up yeah if he is out for an extended period, you're right. You're going to be stuck with someone in that price range where unless you have bulk cash to upgrade into a Primo, you're going to have to settle for someone, you know, a little bit less than, uh, you know, what's considered as a premium. So Yeah, definitely. Something to think and about. And I guess just to, to, to finish this sort of discussion off, while he is in our buy segment, it's not so much because we want you to buy him. Mm. It's because we've seen him sort of been factored in by a lot of people and we're just discussing our thoughts on someone that is being considered quite widely by the Supercoach community. Yeah, spot on, exactly right. Like, we uh, want to put him out there as a bit of a, a prospect, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're encouraging you to buy him. Uh, no, it's up to you definitely guys. not an endorsement. Yeah, because uh, we're both in the uh, in the no column, firmly. So, yeah. Um, anyway, on with really the only uh, prospect that we've got uh, on the horizon in terms of those in the bubble and it's a forgotten man by the name of Lockie Jones uh, from Port Adelaide. The man. I'm the man, Lockie Jones. <laughs> He's priced at still 139.8K as a defender, averaging 65 with a break-even still of negative 47 because he did injure himself in his second game against Carlton. Uh, struck down with the dreaded syndesmosis, I think it was. Uh, is that the, That's the buzzword, isn't it? Yeah, syndesmosis. And he, I think any ankle injury is known as syndesmosis. Yeah, <laughs> no matter what it is. If it's a rolled ankle, that's syndesmosis. But anyway, yeah, he, he's still uh, on the bubble, believe it or not, since injuring himself uh, all those weeks ago back in round five. Yeah. We'd say in weeks gone that the fact that Port play on the Sunday is concerning because you won't know if he's going to play until the Saturday. But now that we have Thursday teams, hallelujah, <laughs> it means that we're going to find out by Friday night as yeah. to whether or not... Friday, 5 p.m. 5 p.m. If he actually plays, if he's named in the extended squad, squad on Thursday, we'll find out on Friday, 5 p.m. if he's going to be named in the final 22. So it, it could come at a great time as well because, I mean, there are a lot of coaches out there still crying out for downgrade options. And there, he is like the only option on the bubble. So yeah. it's a perfect you storm. Go, yeah, you'd have to go early on someone if, if you didn't go for him. Yeah. Which is always always a risk. Absolutely. So uh, the other thing in his favour as well is he has a favourable round 12 buy. Yeah. So it means that he's going to be uh, available as much needed cover across round 13 and 14. So I am quietly hoping that he comes back this week. 
but if not, it's not the end of the world. Just if he comes back over the next two weeks, it'll really, really help me in terms of yeah. my plans for downgrades and upgrades and stuff. I think I also heard that uh, Ken Hinckley said on AFL 360 that Jones would be back playing this week. Ooh, okay. But... He More didn't capacity. say AFL. Yeah. He just said that he'd be playing. So that could mean that he's in the in the sample. Uh, the other thing to factor in just on that as well is the fact that Cleary sustained a jaw injury on the weekend and was subbed out and has now been ruled out for six weeks. So it makes me think on the other side of the coin that potentially he may be rushed back because of yeah. that injury to a key player in defense for Port. Uh, but yeah, we'll wait and see as to whether he's named. But I mean, that's that's... Promising signs that uh, it's been said that he's going to be making his return on the weekend. Definitely one that I'll be considering. Um, hopefully he does come back um, and I get to bring him into my side. It'll be a bit of a movement around in my team to get him in, but uh, one that I'm excited to bring back in if he, if he is playing. Uh, and it'll be all the better when we get to hear about it on Thursday night with uh, Thursday night teams. It's nice saying that. Isn't it? Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it. Thursday night teams. <laughs> Now let's move on. Let's open the cash register. It's time to uh, sell. So now on the sell column, we've got Tom Powell, one of my boys, uh, from way, way back. Way, yeah. way back. My uh, my favourite. Uh, 375.7K, average of 73.7, and a break-even of 106. Scored his lowest score of the year with a 45 on the weekend against the Hawks. Break-even has crept up to 106. 33 points above his average and given his highest score has only been 101 you'd expect that he'd more than likely drop in price uh he's already dropped in price a bit as well hasn't he yes yes he uh he has but you jumped off at the the perfect time I... optimum time it was yeah. beautifully uh like i couldn't have i couldn't have timed it better if i tried Exactly. Uh, so you've you've kept uh, 5.6k in your pocket, which which will be valuable. But Hopefully. more importantly, you avoided that 45, as as I've said. Yeah, that was nice. Ad nauseum. So um, that always helps. But yeah, he's projected to drop down around about 12k or thereabouts. Um, so yeah, it's he's he's definitely one to move on. I think. Um, and yeah, I mean, if as we spoke of before, Lockie Jones comes in this week. Yeah. That's going to make you bulk cash if you want to down trading, but he's also in that sweet spot where you can upgrade him to someone of the ilk, like a, a steel or a Zorko yeah. or someone Doesn't else. Doesn't take so, too much cash from there. Exactly. So he's, um, he's in a nice little sweet spot there. That being said, he also has the early, the first buy. So oh. it's not going to be too much of a killer if you do trade him out um, soon. Cause you'd want to trade him out before, in the first buy, essentially. Absolutely. And let's move on to our next category, which is hold. And at the very top, it is the Roman, the roller coaster. Let's hit this track. (laughs) Yes, it is the roller coaster of love because I'm feeling the love from uh, the little man, J-Row. And uh, he's priced at 260.9K now. Uh, obviously a forward, averaging 59.2, which has bumped up over the past couple of weeks. With a break-even, believe it or not, I, I probably, I don't think I ever would have imagined that he'd get down into the negatives again. But he's proven me wrong. Yeah, it's crazy. Break-even of negative five. So I must ask the question. And I, I did pose the question to the community on Twitter. Who out there strapped themselves in and held on tight to the roller coaster? 
because he was he was on the way down. And did you think there was going to be another another part that was just going to be on the incline? Geez, we've hit it now. We've hit it now, haven't we, Liam? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is out of my side. But I mean, if you if you did buy tickets to the roller coaster, you've really got your money's worth, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Very good. Yeah, you you have because it's paid unlikely dividends with back-to-back scores of 81 yeah. and 80 now kickstarting his cash generation once more. And according to our good friend and data guru, Bryce Mitchell, a score of around about 59 points over the next couple of games should make him another 30 to 40K potentially. So yeah, nice. that's uh, that's 30 and 40K that I didn't even think I'd, I'd be able to, to have in my skyrocket. Yeah, nice, nice. I did trade him out. Um, it was sort of looking like the percentage play, but obviously not to be, not to be. But if you do have him, continue to hold him, though. He's going to make you some more cash, which will be lovely. Moving on, we've got a Bulldogs player. Uh, which one is it? Ace God or Al McNeil? I don't know. They're exactly the same player. <laughs> so, I don't even know what either look like, but I reckon they share the same face. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Let's be honest. They're the same player. Let's start with uh, Al McNeil, 241.5k mid, averaging 49.5 with a break even of just 17. He's projected to increase by another 14k, just casually. Mm. Hold him for another week and he should be right for the picking. If you do need to move someone on, it wouldn't be the worst player to move on, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be holding if you could. Yeah, and uh, he's twin as we're going to dub him. A. Scott comes in at 286.4K as a forward midfielder, averaging 55.8 with a break-even, a little bit higher than his, uh, his other twin in 29. Uh, so he's projected, believe it or not, he's just following his twin, projected to increase another 14K also, or thereabouts. So like his twin brother, McNeil, he's probably worth holding onto for at least one more week and then probably reassess from there based upon his break-even heading into next week uh, and how he scores on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so let's move on. What are you looking at doing this week, Damon? Uh, so I've locked in. I'm going to punt Powell for sure. Yeah. As to who I punt him to is the question. Uh, so I think at this stage I'm potentially looking at Zorko because it, I yeah. actually almost have down to the dollar enough Ooh. money in the bank to trade him directly to Zorko, yeah. uh, which allows me to keep my second trade up my sleeve because I'm at the stage now where I just, we say it every week, want to try and hold trades, but uh, <laughs> that's one way I can do it. If Lockie Jones, whoever plays this week, I'm going to forego that and bring him in with my second trade because, yeah, I think there's very few decent rookies on the horizon. What about yourself? Yeah, so with the double downgrade last week, I've got a sizable war chest over 500k. So it's time to put that money to some good use and I'm absolutely lip- licking up my lips in anticipation. I'm aiming for just the one trade, so I'm going to save some of that cash, hopefully. Um, and considering bringing in uh, Zach, sorry, not Zach Guthrie. Cam? Yeah. So I'm considering bringing in Cam Guthrie uh, as he suits my buy structure. Just just, just make sure that it's not Zach. I won't be doing that. If I do do that, I'm just quitting Supercoach. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'll look to potentially hold the other trade this stage uh, just because I have been burning through trades. If I do decide to not, I might use it. I don't know. See how I feel. Uh, bring in Aaron Hall from North Melbourne, who looks to be relishing that role in the back line. And you know what? Then I'd have all of North's designated kick-in 
players, oh, wow. which would be nice. But they'd also all be in my forward line, which would be super weird. Yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, but if Jones is named, I'd also be looking at bringing him in if I can instead of Hall. When, when you say that uh, I'll wait to see how I feel, that there like sums up in a sentence how much cash you have. Like you can afford to be like, oh, yeah. I'll just wait to see how I feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I've got enough and I still have money left over if I bring those two guys in and I'd be getting McNeil and Warner out of my team, uh, which would be nice. Yeah, so Guthrie sort of just suits my buy structure. So that's that's the key reason there. Someone like Lyon or, or Zorko is just going to hurt me in a few weeks. So I may look to, to wait on, on those sorts of guys at this stage. I might have to pay a bit more for them later, but it'll hopefully pay dividends with just the points that I'll, I'll bank later on. I don't want to turn you off Guthrie, but I must remind you, there's a certain someone who has Guthrie in their team. In fairness, he's had Guthrie since the start. I know, but wouldn't it be funny though, like if you traded him in and reverse cursed him? No, no, that wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't be funny for yourself, but it'd be funny for Emper because for everybody else for Emper who we're referring to who who has Guthrie started with him from the start so great get yeah, yeah one great of, one, get one of the best I think gets like pods to start with like guys that have turned into genuine primos great get but he's still only in like fourteen percent of teams as well so yeah. it's is is not not quite pod territory there but still very very <laughs> low ownership considering his scoring output he's I think the second highest scoring mid in Supercoach. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Anyway, uh, but yeah, don't want to don't want to turn you off, but just just keep that in mind. Keep that yeah. In mind. Okay. And if well, he gets if you bring him in and he gets injured on the weekend, don't blame me. I'm blaming <laughs> you. Because I've said that. <laughs> anyway, so on the block this week for me, McNeil and Warner. Uh, while McNeil should make more cash, it may just be time to move him on so that I can get RCD off my field, um, and then I'm one step closer to a to a complete midfield. Spoken like a true Matty Rail of Supercoach. It's all about getting those rookies off, like, you know, James Jordan. Why should he be on my field? Hey, he's been good. He's been good to you. <laughs> Watch your mouth out. <laughs> anyway, moving on to our very next segment, which is Liam. I am I'm the, the captain, captain now. now. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. Yes, every week we'll be bringing you our top choices for the VC and C. We'll be discussing some of the key options and some that may be a little bit left field if they present. And first cap off the rank is Dane Zorko, who plays Richmond on Friday night at Zigaba. He averages in his last four against the Tigs, 106.5. And a breakdown of that is uh, 84, 141, 82 and 118. So he could potentially be worth a punt playing uh, the first game of the round if you're a little bit adventurous. And uh, the other thing also is that he's playing against Richmond who, as we know, have a depleted midfield. So he could potentially have a day out against uh, you know, inexperienced guys like RTD2. Yeah. And then also on top of that as well, they don't have any taggers. Amazing. It's all coming up Zorko, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. But he's, he's one to consider, potentially. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in the, that same game on Friday night, uh, we've got the one, the only, Dusty Martin. He hasn't got the greatest average against uh, against the Lions, uh, just 103.5 in his last four, and that's comprised of scores of 111, 108, 141, and 54. But, I mean, it's just Dustin Martin. He just does Dusty Martin things, doesn't he? He does. He just, just goes about it, just kicks it from you know first gear into second gear and... 
Yeah, yeah. takes out some goal umpires while he's doing it. <laughs> the the good thing about him is that yeah, he's he's breakdown against the Lions isn't isn't too bad, isn't too shabby. No, so, it's just the one the one score that really drags it drags his his average down there with that fifty four. Yeah, I mean, and playing on the Friday night is is optimal for that VC where you. I, I like to. I think you can be a bit more risky with your VC. The next guy is uh, probably a little bit safer, but as we've spoken about, you could potentially look elsewhere. Maybe. Uh, Max Gorn, who plays Adelaide on Saturday afternoon at Adelaide Oval. His average in his last four against the Crows is 127.25, comprised of scores of 107, 158, 114, and 130. So, uh, you know, he's, he's actually been scoring quite well against the Crows, uh, presumably against, uh, probably all against um, Rob, Riley O'Brien. So, uh, considering that, he as he has been pretty much every week, is a, a VC option as a, as a Saturday afternoon game. So, yeah, for me, I mean, looking at his past three games, they don't fill you with too much confidence. No, that's the one concern. Uh, against North, he had a complete down of 63. Against Sydney, he was almost bested by Hickey, 112. And then against Carlton on the weekend, against Pitney of all players, he actually did pretty well uh, against Gorn and he only scored 117. Mm. So it does fill me with a little bit of hesitancy and looking at his average against them as well. He's only averaged 110. So comparing it to other guys, um, it's not, not really the best. So for me, I don't know. All right. Well, you know who I do know about? Who do you? Who I think is a really good VC option if you can and at worst is a, is a good C option yeah Clayton Oliver Clary oh. the guy that I did not put the C on last week the guy took the C off mm. he's averaged in the last four against the Crows 131.5 that Jesus is made up of scores of 205 122 98 and 101 he's only dropped below 100 against the Crows twice He's played the Crows on six occasions for returns of 205, 122, 98, 101, 152, and 95. Wow. I reckon he's, I reckon he's a man. I reckon that's that's who you go for. That is amazing. He's, he's by far, I think, the safest option of the players that I've seen for this week. Something to think about. Uh, next guy is Jack McRae against the Saints on Saturday night at Marvel. He's average in his last four against the Saints has only been 104.75. The breakdown of the average is 93, 120, 121, and 85. And, I mean, he's kind of... He's, he's fallen away a bit. He's like Gorn. In the past three weeks, he's only scored 107, 106, 115. Prior to that, he was scoring 118, 137, 108, 137, 146, 140. So he's really mm. dropped away in terms of that high ceiling. Yeah. Which does scare me off a little bit. Um, but it's also McRae. Yeah, it is McRae though, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you. I think I'm a little bit hesitant on him as well. Whereas in, yeah. in the past, I probably would have would have not been too worried about him. I think if he, if he averaged higher in his last four against the Saints, I would yeah. roll the dice on him. But given his recent form, I will probably look elsewhere. But that's just me. Likewise. Uh, next option we've got is popular trading option from last round, Josh Kelly against the West Coast Eagles on Sunday afternoon at Giants Stadium. He's got an average in the last four of 121 against the, the, the Eagles. Uh, 
That scores of 139, 94, 107, and 144. He's probably more a left field option. Um, he's not one that you could definitely put your house on, especially with uh, the way Leon Cameron, the other coach that shall not be named, likes to uh, throw the magnets around a little bit, especially with uh, Josh Kelly. Um, but, I mean, if, if you're looking for, if you're a bit adventurous, if you like a bit of a risk, Josh Kelly could be a good option. The one thing with me, and I haven't really seen it being spoken about, is the fact that with Green being injured, does that potentially mean Kelly drifts back to the forward line? Yeah, maybe more... Do- more. That's a good point. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that, actually. With Brent Daniels, he was kind of playing on the wing and through the middle yeah. in Kelly's traditional role, which prompted Kelly to play in his role up forward. But now with one less quality forward line player being there, who do they fill that hole with? Mm. Yeah. Think about that. that. A very, very good question. I would probably, off the back of that, look elsewhere, uh, considering Oof. especially that he plays on Sunday afternoon and would have to fall into that C option, you'd think. Yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to put the C on him. Mm. I don't know. Have a think about that, though, guys. And, and just go into the weekend thinking about that and knowing that I'm actually quite please now that I opted for someone else other than Kelly. That's a good point. I actually hadn't thought of the green entry affecting Josh Kelly. But we'll see how that plays out. Uh, the next candidate is the other um, combo in the Gondi combo, and it is Brody Grundy against Port Adelaide on Sunday afternoon. Obviously, it would have to be the C option if your VC option doesn't work. He's averaging his last four against the the power has been 121.25 comprised of 122 108 162 and 93 and he is going to be rucking uh, in all likelihood against Laddams uh, so may potentially be a less of a quality opponent Laddams is still a good good ruckman I think but yeah I mean it may be an opportunity there uh, at the G as well also home game for the Pies um, he may come out and score quite nicely. So he's still factored into my C option. Um, but yeah, just just wait and see. Wait and see how he goes because the weekend didn't really fill me with too much confidence either. No, I'm with you there. Last option playing the last game of the round on Sunday afternoon at Marvel is the bloke that, uh, that Emperor broke, Zach Merritt. Shame, shame, shame. Uh, he's got a reasonable average against the uh, against the Roos, 108 average in the last four. That's comprised of 68, 137, 109, and 118. I think he'll want to bounce back after a poor showing against the Dockers being ta- tagged out. He did start the game pretty well, um, but it was more being well held in the second half um, more than anything. He also comes up against the Roos, so there's definite potential for him to, to have a really, really good game. Um, and as a Don supporter, I'm really hoping he does. But is there still potential that he gets tagged? Mm, that is true. North Melbourne do use, uh, I think, Kane Turner this year as, as, as a bit of a tagging mm. role. Yeah. Um, so there is potential, definitely. I probably, as you said, it's a similar one to Josh Kelly. It's it's a bit of a risk. Um, for a f- Sunday afternoon, you have to put the C on him. But if you, you really, I don't know, run out of options by that stage, um, it could be worth throwing the C on him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Turner isn't really the... No, he's not the penultimate. Like, he's not the uh, the ultimate tagger. He's not the human glove, is he? No, it's not. No, 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 DeBoer. Yep, 
Um, so you could potentially roll with it. Just I think I'd do it purely off the back of the fact that he's playing North Melbourne. Granted, they did obviously play well on the weekend, getting their uh, their first win against the Hawks. But um, I don't know. Let's just delve right back into who we're going to go with. Um, I haven't quite locked it in yet, I must admit. But I think I'm going to roll with uh, coin flip, Oliver, or Gorn. Um, I think I'll probably go with Oliver the one yeah. week where I don't go with Gorn as either the VC or the C. And then I'm going to roll with, I think, Grundy as the C option if that doesn't work out. I think I'm with you there. Um, I just, I I mean, I'm the only difference is that I'm pretty bullish on Oliver. Yep. Um, I wouldn't, if, if Gorn didn't play for the Ds and played for Collingwood, <laughs> then I might go Oliver into Gorn, but... I don't think it's worth the risk. I think Oliver should have a really good game. Um, the only issue I think for me is just going to be dependent on teams being named and whether I have a loophole option late enough that uh, I can use. So it just depends if Waterman comes into the side for the Bombers or if uh, Finlay McRae comes back in for uh, the Pies. That's actually a really good point. I didn't really look ahead to that because uh, A5 from Gold Coast is playing the first game, oh, sorry, the second game, uh, still early on at 2.10 on Saturday against the Cats. So he is not an option. Uh, and likewise for those people who also have Saunders from Hawthorne, they're playing in the very first Saturday game against Carlton. So again, that is not a loophole option. So yeah, you're banking on a rookie not playing uh, that's playing later on in the round. Um, but yeah, maybe I might have to do the same and wait and see. But just on Oliver as well, I'll just have a quick look at his breakdown and scoring this year. His lowest score has been against the Giants where he got tagged by the human glove in DeBoer back in round three with 67. Outside of that, he scored 122, 133, 130, 115, 114, 116, 125, and 140. So if the lowest score he's going to get is a 114, it's not too shabby. Yeah. But, you know, you'd, you'd probably say, like, if that's going to be the floor and his ceiling could be potentially upwards of 130, 140 plus which is on the high scale of what he's been scoring this year, you'd take that for sure. Definitely, definitely. I, I like agree it. entirely there. Alrighty, and with that, let's move on to my favourite segment, isn't it, Liam? It is. What is it? Hey, I got to know. Our first question was sent in by Shannon Walker, and I'll direct it at you, Liam, first off. Uh, Shannon Walker is at Shaztech. He asks, <laughs> or he? He or she? She or always... she, yeah. Yeah, they. he or she. They ask, very good. They ask, Lions v. Oliver, thoughts? Yeah, both look really good. Uh, Lions is slightly more expensive, I think about 30K uh, more than Oliver. Um, And uh, it's not purely for that reason, but it's one of the reasons. I'd have Oliver just ahead of him. I think they have quite similar outputs. If you actually take out Oliver's game against the Giants where he was tagged by uh, the human glove de Boer, where he did score that lowly 67, uh, Oliver is averaging um, 124 and Lions is actually averaging 121 for the season. So you'd expect Lions' ton run, which is still going, him and McRae, uh, to come to an end uh, probably soon as well. I mean, I think every sort of midfield option is also obviously broken their ton run. His low ownership is also something that makes him just inherently more risky. Should the worst happen, he ends up injured, touch what he doesn't, obviously, or he does have a shocking game, you'll be more detrimentally affected than you would if you went with Clary, who has a higher ownership. 
for that reason alone, it's Clary for me. Yeah, you've summed it up quite nicely there. I think for me, you know, as you said, they're super hard to separate. Yeah. Both look really good options, uh, but it comes down to you know deciding factors in their pricing and fixture of upcoming opponents. Oliver comes in at around 25k cheaper yeah. for virtually identical output as lines. So for that reason in itself, he's the choice for me. But if you can aim to grab both over the course of the year, absolutely do so. But oh, yeah, of course. I really like your point of the fact that, you know, when you're looking at the ownership percentage for both players, try and grab, especially early on, the player that is more higher owned because obviously that player, if you don't go for that player that's higher owned and they get a massive score, you're going to be hurt more than, you know, if you go for someone like a Lions who's more of a point of difference. And the other side of the coin, as you said, if they have a shit game or they get injured, then that's going to set you way behind the pack. So try and go for that player who's higher owned first and then jump to that player who's more of a pod. So then you get best of both worlds, I think. Yeah, definitely. I agree entirely there. If you don't have, if you have Oliver, that's not to say that Lions is a bad pick. It's just that if I had to choose between the two of them, you didn't have either. Oliver would be the one that I'd bring in first. Moving on to our next question. And it was sent in by a man that we've been speaking a lot about this episode Our good friend Emper at Emper underscore X, he asks, where do I send my apology letter regarding merit? (laughs) (laughs) But then he goes on. And Green and Stringer and Marshall and Dunkley and Danger and Bolton and Butters and English and Martin and Rail and Ridley and Hearn and Heaney and Caldwell and Neil and Rayner and Shuey and (laughs) Kennedy and Jay Martin and anyone else. Jeez, he has cursed all of them. Yeah, well, first off... Uh, you can just send your apology for ruining merit to at Liam Evans underscore 95. You make sure it's him. that one. Make yeah, sure it's make that, sure that one, not, not L underscore E underscore V underscore A <laughs> underscore N underscore S underscore 9 underscore 5. No, but seriously, uh, I just want to know what came first. Did you name your team the curse or did the actual curse happen first? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like, is it the chicken or the egg? Which yeah. First? yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just wonder. I feel for you, man. I really do. Yeah. Like, that's a long list. It's a long list of broken players. I think I think he should send another apology letter, you know, just personally to myself because he knowingly brought in Merritt the week I traded him in. <laughs> and I must admit, yes, even though your analysis did help me convince me of getting him in the first place, I wasn't spared the curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, I had him from the start, so I'm really, I'm a lot more dirty. Yeah, you are. You should be. And he's in yeah. my, ta- my 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 actual my football team. Yeah, that's true. Not just not just my my super coach side, but I think just interestingly looking at that list. I mean, Green Stringer, Marshall, Dunkley, Danger, Bolton, Butters, uh, Martin, uh, Heaney, Caldwell, Rayner, Jay Martin. All those players are forward line players. That's like yeah, such a big part of that list like I'd say close to 90% of that list 99% almost uh, is just forward carnage yeah maybe like you know it created that uh, the poster for last episode you know with a bit of a bit of a play on the Pirates of the Caribbean the Curse yeah, of the Black yeah, Pearl yeah. maybe we should have just put Emper's icon on the faces of all, <laughs> the, all the people on the poster there because he is the main source of the curse yeah, it's like he his is, hit list or something he is the Black Pearl he is the oh. cursed Black Pearl yeah, that's his team. Should refer to him as the Black Pearl now. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, we've got the next question coming in from a uh, regular question asker. Sam at 
our Pinqua. Uh, he's asked, is Gorn only a VC option now rather than a captain? With Jackson taking some center bounces and Brown taking the inside 50 contests, Gorn is losing points. Thanks for your question, Sam. Yeah, for sure. Like, I would definitely start looking at, you know, more closely other options for the reasons you've listed, which yeah. we spoke about earlier. Uh, with Jackson out, I was more confident in Gorn going into the weekend, but his performance didn't really align with that, unfortunately. You know, Jackson does have another week off, thankfully. So hopefully he can bounce back for a big 140-plus performance this week against the Crows. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's only going to be a short-term thing. Uh, so yeah, as we've seen, as I said earlier, his past three weeks haven't really been Gorn-type scores. So now is the week to look elsewhere. What about yourself? What do you think? Yeah, he's not the solid option that he once was, I think. I, I definitely agree there. He should still be a good enough option, though. I think because a lot of people will still continue to captain him just based off his past performance. Um, but he's not the definite option that I guess he once was. Uh, and I say that even being like three or four weeks ago. Um, I'd feel more comfortable putting... I definitely feel more comfortable putting the VC on him rather than the C. Uh, I'm with you there. It it's, uh, reminds me of uh, the compare the pair. Yeah, which I, was, is, I um, actually was going to re- reference that. Past performance is not a good indicator of for future performance, I think. Yeah, exactly right. That just sums it up. Anyway, moving on to the next question was sent in by James. How do you pronounce this? Epa? Epa, I think, yeah. Epa. Uh, he asks, with Bo's injury, is Maynard a good option for the price, especially with how going down uh, as he already has the Riddler? Yeah, interesting. Maynard, I think, is is quite an interesting option, actually. He's had a couple of weeks um, of very good scoring with more going back into defense. I think that sort of affected his score, his move to the forward line. He has had some very low scores, though, of 45, but does have a three-round average of 100 and a five-round average of 96.8, so his scoring does seem to be on the up. I think there are probably better Uber premiums that you could choose, but if you do need a bargain option, Maynard could be could be quite a good one to consider. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he's he's definitely an option. Uh, as we know, he started scoring well last year, yeah. Um, but has been off the boil in twenty twenty one. He does come in at a bargain price of four four seven eight hundred after having lost a whopping one hundred and two thousand dollars so far. Um, based on his price point, I would say that yeah, he's definitely classified as a bargain option. But uh, he's more on the risky side when it comes to you know trying to factor in whether or not he can finish in the top six scoring defenders come the end of the year. And I don't see him as a genuine top six finisher. This that's just my uh, crystal ball opinion. But uh, yeah, I mean if you're struggling for cash, he uh, he does present as an option. Yeah, and he's still taking the majority of kick-ins for Collingwood, so he's taken 33 kickouts uh, for the year. So that that's a good sort of base just to just for his scoring as well. Yeah, and even on the weekend, uh, just a breakdown. Again, if you want to have a look at the full breakdown of every team, head to our Twitter page or Facebook. And uh, Maynard took 50% of the kick-ins yeah. on the weekend with uh, with six played on in every single one of them. And Moore had 42%, which was a total of five and played on in four. So he's still taking not quite the lion's share, as we like to call it, but <laughs> he is still leading the kick-ins, which is, uh, which is pleasing to see. So at least he's got that in his game as well. Moving on to uh, to something else, though, that um, will have our listeners' ears pricking up. Uh, we spoke about it last week, and it is uh, in relation to our competition that we're running. Uh, and we'll remind people, because we have set a deadline, haven't we? Yeah, we, we do have a deadline. It's uh, the end of the round of this week. 
So if you haven't already seen, we're running a competition across all of our social channels. So if you're not following us again on Twitter, Insta, or Facebook, now is the time as we're giving fans a chance to win free access to our exclusive Discord community chat, which is otherwise only available by being a Patreon member. All you have to do is all three of the following, which is number one, first, make sure you're following us on the appropriate social channel you want to enter via. Two, tag a mate in the competition post we have posted. And three, like the post. So every channel you like, follow and tag is classified as a single entry. And if you do it across all channels, that is therefore classified as three separate entries. So uh, get on top of that, jump in. And if you have entered before by tagging one mate, two mates, if you want to re-enter again by tagging even more mates, go ahead, retweet us, follow all those three prompts in order to be eligible and uh, all the very best of luck. Yeah, so just to quickly find us on those supers on those channels, uh, you'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. On Facebook, you'll find us at supercoach edge, and on Insta, supercoach edge as well. Search those, and you can enter that comp. Uh, and best of luck. Uh, the competition ends on Sunday night, so make sure you get your entries in before then. Now moving on to our supercoach edge group rankings, we got the round nine highest scorer was Paul, Freethy's team Ruboy. Round nine score of 2,345. Great work there, Paul. And uh, our overall leader is, again, another carryover overall leader, Arthur of Black on White, second round in a row. Well done. His overall score is 20,300, and he's found his way into the top 20. Wow. Gee whiz. That's, uh, that's something to hang our hats on as a, as a collective Supercoach Edge community. That's That's awesome. It's great work there. If you want to join the Supercoach Edge group, the code is 798296. So whoever ends up on top in the group at season's end will get their hands on a shiny Supercoach Championship ring from the guys at Supercoach Championship rings. They'll get the ultimate bragging rights and we'll even have a bit of a chat with you on the final podcast of the season. Good luck. Absolutely good luck. And that brings us to the very end of this week's episode. So uh, until next week... All the very best for the weekend ahead, and hopefully we can break that dreaded curse of Emperor. Yeah, may your weekend be filled with lots of juicy tons and hopefully also be donut-free. Mmm, donuts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.